Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to another week of To Be Honest, TBH. Happy New Year 2021, even though that shit looking like 2020 part two. What's good with y'all? I'm your host, Devon, a.k.a. Murph McGirt. And we're back with our co-host, Nate Wallflower and Nadia Face Beat. What's good? Hey, how y'all doing? What's good, y'all? Happy New Year 2021. 2021. 2021. 2021 started off crazy. Crazy, the whites are wilding. Already. No killers yeah, off the so bridge. I guess democracy is not a thing anymore, like I said. They so stole the podium. So much for that voting change. How many of them niggas have been going, like, at, at, at the point of this recording, though, so many of them niggas have gone down. FBI is going through them niggas crazy. It's happening. Bro, it's funny because they all in the cameras acting like they had never been, don't know, watch like a Law and Order or something. They smiling hard in the cameras with their badges, they work badges on <laughs> around their neck in yeah, a lanyard. Here's my like conspiracy theory of like what's gonna happen prediction. I could be wrong, but if I'm right, you heard it here, folks. I think like what's happening is they might like bunker down in the White House with little to no federal resistance um, and just like stay there until like it's right up until the inauguration. And then Biden's gonna like do this quote unquote like negotiation where he reaches across the aisle trump magically you know is guaranteed no arrests or full pardons and then like he's gonna like win the white house back and then like situate everything and just placate all of those folks and then use like hella legislation to like crack down on black activism in response to this that's a that's a scary theory i think my theory is like a little different simply because i don't think I think the the idea that like <clears throat> that pardoning Trump will get the White House back. I think the only reason I disagree with that is because his cabinet jumped ship like a motherfucker. Yeah. Like, it jumped ship so fucking fast, and that shows me two things. First, it shows me that his whole cabinet is soft, and they're un-American, and they should be like arrested for treason because they didn't invoke the Twenty Fifth Amendment to impeach that nigga. Right? They had the power to, and they didn't. And they, instead of doing it, they left because they were worried that they wouldn't get enough jobs. So they're selfish and, you know, they're un-American. But second, and I think the second thing that proves to me is the White House and, like, D.C., low-key, I think they're scared to defend Trump because most conservatives, like, the niggas think Trump is crazy, man. Like, once you start getting them QAnon niggas and all them niggas to be on your side and shit, like, you look crazy. And so I feel like, I feel like right now, like, the general feel <clears throat> is that, the White House don't fuck with that nigga neither. Like nobody fuck with Trump. That nigga can't even get on Pinterest right now. And so it's like, damn, like I just think that the idea of him crossing the aisle is is, is a real it's a real one, but I don't think it's tied to pardoning Trump. I actually think that it's probably tied to the opposite. It's probably tied to going after Trump. I think that one I'm gonna take the uh position I'm not sure is gonna happen, but I kinda hope it's hap- will happen. I think that Trump is gonna like um resign early in some type of weird agreement not i mean to get a pardon i don't think he's going to finish out the like the rest of these like two weeks because from what i hear the reports are that like he's extremely like terrified of like being brought on charges he's been asking more and more about his like legal um resources and how he can defend himself and i th- also just think that joe biden just has a, a a lust of locking people up like joe biden has you know he's just like a He's a constructor of the prison industrial complex. He just loves sending niggas to jail. We forget that about Joe Biden. That like he's very hard on crime. I think he's gonna need to like 
like make a, a clear line in the sand. And I think if he'll have ultimate Democratic support for as long as possible, if he's like, yo, let me pressure Trump, either he has to get charges or he has to leave, but like he's not, I'm gonna have a smooth transition. He's not gonna have a smooth transition. Like we're gonna have to lock niggas up. Like somebody's gonna have to go, like even if it's somebody that's like, symbolic that's not even trump somebody like you know maybe one of the sons yeah jared kushner i hate jared kushner because jared kushner's dad owns a bunch of projects in baltimore and like illegally evicts people raises rent he's a fucking terrible human being so i hate the kushners just for that like purpose but like even if it's like jared kushner or maybe like they they flirt with the idea of ivanka because he's like her ivanka is trump's like number two in a weird way because like he she literally directs his life like she makes his schedule she tells him about shit that he's supposed to know like she's his attachment to like young people and like what's going on, on the internet and stuff so i'm hoping that happens because he's really been unraveling he's been screaming on people from what i've been reading only been screaming at people all around the white house randomly if like firing people people are resigning betsy devos resigning so i think he's finally realizing his options are extremely limited and I don't think he expected the what happened in the Capitol to go that far. I really don't think he did. I don't think he thought that they were going to like be in there almost burning the shit down, like stealing shit out of people's office. I really don't think he expected that to happen. I bet you he didn't expect spirit poop on the walls neither. Oh no, like, you know, thinking about all the stuff that people have been pointing out that he's been saying prior to this, like, how could he not? Like... I don't know. I'm usually of the mindset, though, that white supremacy is more prepared than people assume. So I'm always thinking like it's more intentional than it is. So well, yeah, I'm just saying that he's just sometimes just like really just shitty at his job. He's a white supremacist, but he's also like a shitty at his job, white supremacist. Yeah, I just think like the other white supremacists around them are good at the jobs like not the politicians but at least these like or these proud boy whatever people yeah i think the other white supremacists around him like if they were strategic which i think they are i think that they're about to let donnie take an l in the name of white supremacy going into the future because like for instance right like my my idea is my, my, the idea behind Joe prosecuting Trump is steeped, my, in my opinion, into this like insidious nature of the criminal justice system where they get to tie themselves, uh, they get to push themselves away from like black trauma and try to tie themselves into this idea of taking down white terrorism that in the end is anti-black because it sustains the criminal justice system, which puts niggas in jail in the first place, right? And you can see even now niggas is like, woo, oh yeah, fine. I'm so happy that the police got them niggas in the Capitol. And it's like, like, I'm happy that, you know, I don't, I mean, I, I, are, are you happy? Because, like, if you do, that, that produces credibility for the criminal justice, for, for, for the FBI. Like, now, like, Black people are like, yes, finally, the FBI is going after the criminals. And it's, like, forcing us, it's kind of like the, the politics of hope, like, Calvin Warren type thing, but, like, applied specifically to the federal criminal justice system because of the FBI going after the people that was in the White House. And so I think, like, that's how... I'm predicting an insidious shift in criminal justice that sustains itself, but through like distancing itself from like black trauma, at least for this period, at least for the next like week. Yeah, I just want to see how serious Kamala is about locking people up. Like you're gonna lock some niggas up, niggas voted you in, lock some of the whites up. You got them niggas on camera, they in front of the camera with their face. Literally, Devon, I saw somebody with their work badge on. He worked for a marketing company and he had his lanyard with his work ID in the picture, smiling hard. Of course he's fired. Yeah, he got fired. But, but it still is like, 
these people are incredibly belligerent. The internet, or if you go on Twitter right now, there's a lot of black people who are like doing the hard work of like figure, being like, who is this person? If you live in this community, have you seen this person? We know that he's from this state. Like, can you recognize who this is? So we can like, at least let the general public know that like you live next to a violent white supremacist, right? Like let their job know, let them get fired. Like, but this is black people doing labor, right? It's not really like the federal government. The FBI is just tweeting like, if you have any tips, you know, send it to us. It's like, no one's gonna do that. But we all can like go on Facebook and, or Twitter and be like, look, let's expose these fucking people. So like, once they go home, they're always talking about like um, stopping them from getting flights. So, they, so they're like stuck in Washington DC. So it's easier to like find them and arrest them and shit like that. But even if so, most of the people are gonna run off like with nothing. That's just how it happened. Like once the mob dispersed, everyone who wasn't calling camera being extremely ignorant is gonna get off with this versus like, you know, the BLM shit where it's like they were arresting people who were like literally walking in the direction of the protest who weren't protesting who were like on their way home or to work just because they look like they could be protesting and shit like that so i don't know i think you're right i kind of i don't want to like uh, applaud the fbi and shit for arresting some of these niggas but i do want to applaud like the black people on like social media and stuff who are really doing the work to identify like some of these people and like let people know like where they are who they live these families and out white supremacy for what it is, right? We should all know who these people are, whether or not we agree with like the prison industrial complex and whether or not they should be in jail and the idea of jail. But we all should know who like the white supremacists in your neighborhood are. Like you should know what these niggas look like. All right, y'all. We got a dope ass episode for you all today. Um, get, we're gonna get into our first segment, the ghetto. Oh, ah, the ghetto. Um, so. <laughs> this this week is funny because this is like in the throes of it right now. So for this week, the ghetto is shit that okay. I don't know who if y'all have seen this like beef. Well, it's not even a beef. YK Osiris, okay. He wore this custom, custom Gucci jacket that he got from some like and he's like he's a known custom clothes designer in Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't know the brand personally. Um, exclusive game exclusive game exclusive game <laughs> so this jacket um let me just describe some of the elements of the, of the fit the complete fit and nate you jump in if i'm forgetting parts of it so gotcha. um in my opinion it's like a thriller style leather it's not like a regular leather jacket like i'm have you ever seen eddie murphy in delirious like that red leather jacket he got on there like that that's what i'm thinking however like if you go to like the michael jackson like Smooth criminal type jacket because it got well, not smooth criminal the the bad jacket because remember the bad jacket had like a like a zipper and a layer on the shoulder so it's not like a flat shoulder it's like a raised shoulder and then on top of this leather like it has gold trimmings he got he took a Gucci purse and like essentially cut up a Gucci purse and like sutured it at different patterns onto the front of the jacket and on the collar mind you. Keyword front of the jacket. The rest of the jacket, like from the neck all the way through the back, is just all just red. And the, and the, the, the Gucci purse is just silhouette, sil, <laughs> silhouettes and sutures in the front. Okay. Then this nigga had on these red Gucci pants with the Gucci purse. The rest of the Gucci, the rest of the Gucci purse attached to, to the pants. He also had on some Gucci shoes. And some loafers. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, 
the internet did not did not like that outfit. Um, it did not, and a lot of a lot of his contemporaries did not like that outfit. Um, well, two in particular that kind of put him on blast was uh, DJ Mustard, who like went on his Instagram live and was like, "What the fuck is? What is this? Like, what are you doing to yourself? Like, what, what, what is this?" And Twenty One Savage, who went on Instagram live with YK Osiris, and was just like, "Bro." What are you what are you doing? Like what what was what some okay. This 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 was just part of it, right? So Clubhouse, um, welcome to 2021. It's Clubhouse now. Clubhouse on Clubhouse, uh, there was a room with 21 Savage and then dedicated to YK Osiris's jacket. This room lasted, I swear, I'm not even guessing, bro. Like seven hours, eight hours straight. Seven, eight hours straight. Of them just roasting this nigga jacket, like multiple niggas just hopping in, roasting this nigga jacket, like, and it was brutal. I ain't gonna lie, it was fucking brutal. They like one of the funniest ones I heard <laughs> that I heard on the clubhouse. Niggas was like, "Bro, you posted the picture of that jacket, and like an hour later, the insurrection at the White House of the Capitol building started. This nigga's obviously connected to the to the white people at the Capitol building." Stop! Stop! <laughs> Yo, 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 Nate, what, what else did you hear in that clubhouse room, bro? My favorite thing is 21 Savage saying that niggas should arrest the guy who made the jacket exclusive game because he's poisoning the community. I thought that was particularly <laughs> hilarious. 21 Savage also said he's dressed like luggage. 21 Savage also was quoted on saying that Gucci makes jackets. They already make their own jackets. You don't have to make custom Gucci jackets. You can just go to Gucci and buy a jacket. They're not like... like... Bruh, the, the thing for me, this nigga had a... Okay, sorry. Okay. The, the fact that Gucci makes jackets is one thing. He still had the tags from the Gucci purse on the jacket. Yeah. Why you keep the Gucci tags? Like, this shit is a Gucci jacket. You pump faking, bro. Like, they caught you. The internet caught you, bro. 21 Savage said he should have gave the Gucci purse to his mom instead of cutting it up. This mannequin deal going on that I really hate that rappers do sometimes. You know, like, someone who goes in, like, the Foot Locker and buys the entire mannequin fit. Like, they buy the top and the matching bottoms and the matching socks and the shoes and shit. I usually hate that because it's just, like, a very clear indicator that you have no sense of style. And you're just like, I'm just going to pick what the store told me looks nice, not, like, you know, the pieces that I like and mix and, you know, understand colors and shit. But he had these like weird, the pants were kind of like bubbly and they had they like a space in them and they were like joggers. And I was like, Gucci joggers, like yeah. I'm not with the fit. Then he had these like loafers on. And I don't understand that why black people, not just people in rap, rappers understand that you don't wear loafers as like a, as like a club fit. Like don't go to the club wearing loafers. Loafers are designed for like a classy suit kind of fit. These niggas will wear like like a Mary jeans and like Gucci loafers. I've never really understood it, but yeah, he he really tries to make the he he, he tries to roast other people, and this was a terrible fit. And he has a lot of bad fits on the internet. He's very big into wearing like head to toe Lacoste because he's from fucking Florida, and just wearing like oh, yeah, wearing a Lacoste polo, a Lacoste hat. You could tell he don't got no style, bro. That nigga was like, man, like he's from Jacksonville. 
When niggas was like, yo, why you wearing this? His first justification, yo, man, you know how much this shit cost me? <laughs> exactly. You don't yeah. dress. 15000 That shit don't make it drip, nigga. That shit was trash. Bro, if somebody, if I'm wearing something that's so ugly that people are commenting on it, and you ask me how much it costs, I'm like lowball you because I want you to think that, like, oh, at least he ain't pay nothing for it. I'm not going to tell you, like, 10 Speak bands. That. I'm a lot. Like, I'm like, yo, I only paid a couple hundred for this. I'm like, bro, I got this at the thrift store. I don't even, I just threw this on for real, for real. Paid $300 for it, but. Nadia, you a, just saw the jacket. Tell me what you feel about the jacket. Yeah. I'm the just, whole fit, not just the jacket. The whole, they making, they roasted the whole fit, too. They focus on the jacket, but it's also about the it whole It is the fit. pants, too. I ain't going to lie. The pants okay. and the shoes. Okay, so I was, I'm learning this story as y'all were telling me it. I hadn't been a part of it, and I see it. And while I agree, the outfit is ugly. I'm going to go out on the limb and be like, I feel like this is bad styling. Like, I feel like these pieces separately could probably work. I don't think the jacket's the worst thing in the world. I feel like maybe with a solid color, some like... Not uh, No, not, it's Stop being it's nice. Stop being nice, Nadia. Stop being nice. I'm not being nice. I think... <laughs> that with the different stylists anything can be recuperated and i think atlanta niggas should not be throwing stones when they live in very clear very fragile glass houses like all these niggas have terrible fashion terrible fashion i'm gonna say nadia that that argument right literally the niggas that have the wildest fashion like 21 and fucking mustard no, 21 is pretty normal. 21, 21 can dress. Mustard. Yeah, 21 can dress. I... He put some weird fists together. Um, Yachty Yachty was so, be putting some weird fists together too. And some of them other cats that we like be dressing kind of weird from Atlanta, they all banded together to say that this jacket in particular was ugly. <laughs> Yo, Gunner was in there too. You know Gunner was in the room? Gunner was in the room? Yeah, Gunner was in the room. That, that, that jacket, tell me tell me how that jacket is. What solid color would you put with that red ass silhouette? It says Gucci, like, you know, that kind of red. It goes nice with like a dark green. So maybe like a dark green pants. So you're going to put that. So how are you going to fix the fact that on the back ain't no Gucci? When you see a nigga, like if you look at him from the back, you don't see Gucci. It's you know only what? That another thing with me. I don't really care about labels. So I also think this label thing is really stupid. Like rappers care about labels. Yeah, I understand. Like, yeah, this is why maybe this is like a poor moment for me to be defending. But labels to me does not equal fashion. And a lot of these Atlanta rappers like to think that wearing a label equals fashion. That's his problem. He like, that's that. definitely yeah, his problem. That's his problem. <laughs> I feel like the jacket, if it wasn't so like ooh, Gucci, it could the structure or the look could be saved. I think the jacket's not the worst thing I've seen in the world. You know how I know you're trying to be nice, Nadia? You just keep trying to find ways to situate this jacket. You're like, I mean, it's not the, you know, the uh, the shape, Gucci color. Yes, it's a nice color. It's a nice color. I like the leather with like the um, more cloth, like uh, juxtaposition, is that the word? I think it's not the worst thing in the world. I think you could have made this a cute moment. Honestly, though, it would look better on a girl. In the picture that you see, is he also not wearing a shirt? Because the picture I'm looking at right now, he's wearing the jacket with no shirt under it. Just a chain. Oh, I saw one with the undershirt. I also saw that with no shirt. The no shirt looks better because it's more Eddie Murphy-ish. <laughs> 
That's uh, not twerking. <laughs> That's not good. I thought that was perfect. No. That nigga wore that shit in 1983, not you. And he looked fabulous. It wasn't drip, it wasn't drip back then. It wasn't like, drip back then. Go watch Raw on Netflix, y'all. Support. Comment on the podcast and tell me if that outfit from Raw is drip. Was it drip or not? Nah. Rock and Delicious was drip. He had a leather yeah. outfit, not one, not one single sweat. You think Chris Rock dripped on the open, chest out? That's the sweatiest nigga doing the stand up I ever seen. You had a leather. He looked like a sweaty hundred grand bar. That nigga was yo. He wore a leather suit, wearing doing stand up. That's the sweatiest nigga ever. <laughs> he didn't look it. He was chafed. He wasn't drank. He's out here. Eddie Murphy. Styling. I don't know. I think the... the I hate when rappers rappers who clearly need stylists say shit like, I don't need no stylist. I can dress myself. And this is like... You you need a stylist. These people are professionals. They went to college for this. Let them do their jobs. (laughs) It's like... It's like you just got money now, and just you think just buying Gucci means you know how to dress. They're gonna show you how what that means. Niggas get money, be like, I don't need a stylist, but don't understand complimentary colors. The fuck? You wearing a dinner coat with a hoodie? It don't match. Come on. I once saw a fabulous wear. I don't need no stylist if I became a rapper tomorrow. Fabulous. Understand understand complimentary colors. You was like, oh, this red would look nice with this dark green. That nigga just threw red on red on red. You don't do that shit. He looked like he's going to a like a, a blood ball. He, you know what? He doesn't need no stylist. He just needs one of these IG girls who has really nice like aesthetic talent. And then no, he- that's who sold him the jacket at the store. Probably that's probably oh, who got him to buy the jacket. Oh, nah. That nigga look like a Gucci brand red crayon. <laughs> that's rude. That's not nice. How are we gonna start twenty twenty one? That nigga with that jacket. You're like a tube of Gucci lipstick. They don't even sell makeup. <laughs> Till now. I don't know. All right, that shit is trash. I'm sorry. You need a stylist, bro. You need a stylist. Sure, you sure. colors. And the thing is, it'll be really easy. I hate when rappers feel like they have to just wear the extremely loud fit every time. It's really easy if you have a lot of money to just dress really reserved and not always try to go for like the peacock fit. Because sometimes it fails, though. Sometimes the peacock, everyone's not the amigos. The amigos walk up wearing 89 colors and tight ass pants, look like jeggings, and it works most of the time. This dude tried to go for the peacock move and it failed, bro. People were like, nope. Here's a random you, question. And never spend over over a thousand dollars on the jacket. What, what's wrong with you? Seventeen thousand dollars on the jacket? Are you kidding me? Do you think that style comes more from hip hop or from sports? Hip hop. The rap, the, the athletes dress like rappers. Period. Hip hop. The, the pop and athletes like dress like rappers, like the even athletes, the white ones. The athletes dress better than yo. Some of the athletes like, dress better than the rappers. They like, dress better, but they get they sauce. Yeah, the way that '90s hip hop like led the way in fashion and like um, it was such a big influencing factor. It has to be hip or hip hop for me. I feel yeah, like- I think I, the 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 athletes are more reserved, and because. And I feel like the athletes put together better fits, but they get their inspiration for the fits by the rappers. It's like that common thing, like rappers want to be athletes because they always imagine themselves being like football players and basketball players as kids. And athletes want to be rappers because athletes are jealous of like the attention rappers get sometimes. So I think that 
most of the time rappers get rappers give the sauce to the athletes, but I think you're right that the athletes do it better. The athletes tend to dress. The athletes that can dress dress better than that than Cam Cam Newton, I, I don't, I don't put Cam Newton as an athlete that can dress. Cam Newton is not in the list of athletes that can dress. Catholic, Cam Newton is an athlete with an unlimited discount to men's warehouse. One of the few that I know, so I'm like, what about this? You know how I know hip hop is more though the shoes. The fact that rappers are outselling athletes and sneakers should let you know the impact hip hop has over. Easy, jump over the jump, man. Yeah, but sneakers, sneakers come from yeah. basketball though. Like nigga, the reason Yeah, I know. And now rappers are like outselling a lot of basketball players and sneakers. It's kind of corny to wear basketball. I mean, it's kind of not corny. They they still in, but they're more for performance than they are for style anymore. It depends on the sneaker. I feel like it's it's up. Like so for instance, like Nike, Nike makes sneakers for for they make like lifestyle style sneakers, right? Because they got sneakers you go perform in, but they also have like the everyday sneaker. And there's also other sneakers that suck for performance but look good on your feet, like Saucony's. Asics and shit that are like walking shoes that are like supposed to be for your feet. You know what I'm saying? It's supposed to be like non-performance, non-basketball, and that's why they're not even brands that are in the NBA. They're like walking shoes. You know what I'm saying? That yeah. have different patterns. I, the reason I say basketball though is just because, like, well, first Nadia, if you're looking for some athletes that can dress, right? Um, PJ Tucker can dress. Um, basketball, looking basketball, not football. PJ Tucker can dress. Shy Gilders Alexander can dress. Kelly Oubre can dress like they like they they can dress their ass off, all right? But I've never heard of any of these names. They're all up and coming. Athletes. LeBron can dress. Any actresses? Uh, you know LeBron. I know LeBron. Like, w, like WNBA players. A lot of WNBA players yeah. got drip. Like they got, they be having a drip. Uh, they like, got you know, Maya Moore, you know, Brittany Griner. Brittany Griner got the drip. Sky Diggins. Sky Diggins. Um, what's her her new last name? Um. I didn't mean the WNBA. I was just making a joke that I only know uh, male athletes when they're married to like actresses. Oh, um, that's funny. That's what I appreciate about rap is that uh, basketball players and football basketball players, the younger ones tend to be more peacocky. They like to wear the uh, the out there eccentric fits. Yeah, yeah. But what I always like about rap is that they are never afraid to do that. That's why I like Atlanta niggas. Cause then one time I went to a mall in Atlanta. It's like niggas really like colors there. Niggas not afraid to put no colors together. Niggas not afraid to to wear some tight pants if they think it looks good. Niggas wear jewelry to the mall. I'm like, you wearing jewelry? You going to the mall? What's the point? We going? To, we at the mall. The point is to look good all the time, no matter what, and be cute forever. They taught me that. They taught me that. You know, I wear a fit every day just to stay in the house. Now I don't care. The wildest, like, the wildest niggas I've seen dressed when it comes to colors. The first time I saw like bright colors was when I went to DC. This DC nigga I seen, he had on these motherfucking powder pink, powder pink skinny jeans and like this bright ass, like lime green vest. And this shit, I was like, the fuck is going on? Was going yeah, D- people in a DMV prove that they can dress by like uh, wearing bright colors and thinking they pull it off. And like, this is how you know I can dress because I'm wearing an all pink outfit right now. So, like, I guess my nigga, like, I don't. I was like, damn, this nigga blinding me, bro. <laughs> what is going but on? But yeah, I don't know. Joaquin Osiris, he he was taking some of it personal, but he was joking back. There were some roast sessions happening, and so it wasn't like he was just being bullied. But also, he's known for trying to roast people. So it's like when you try to, when you poke the bear, which is the black community in this sense, when you when you say you're a roaster, you say you can roast, like you really try to make it seem like you can, like you can join on niggas. And then you wear something like this and you can't take it. Like you can't take the, you can't take the roasting back. It's like the community will never forgive you. It's like, we won't forgive this Osiris. It's like, you got to come back a better roaster or wear a nicer jacket. That's your only options. If you're going to keep wearing jackets like this, 
roast better. If if you're not gonna wear jackets like this, you then that's good too. It's like yeah, I think you know, mind the golden rule as it comes to roasting and all of that shit. <laughs> do not play the dozens if you do not wish to play yourself. Like I would have just been like, you know, shown a picture of 21 Savage with a bad fit or something like that. I would not have, or something that's a guaranteed or just nothing at all. It would have definitely hurt my feelings. Or just like laughing at, at yourself. This point, at this point, it would hurt my feelings. At this point. It would, it would hurt my feelings pretty heavy. <laughs> I'm like, guys, I spent a lot of money on that jacket. You know. Come on, guys. You don't like the jacket? I think he could pull it off in a different context. I think for me, like the, the pettiest shit that the that niggas do when you roasting is when you're real bad. Like one person's really bad at roasting, and the other nigga is funny. The nigga that's funny is gonna let the nigga that's bad at roasting roast him for a little bit, so like draw him in, so that he give him a chance to like say stuff, so that he can like end his whole career, right? Yo, Lil Yachty was doing that. <laughs> Lil Yachty was baiting him. Like like when they was roasting, YK kept being like. Yo, man, why you still got them beads in your hair? And it's like, bro, like, really? Like, that's so the a thing about Lil Yachty, you pick the roast, is the fact he got beads. Like, that's, 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 that's the normal shit. Like, that's one thing he actually addresses. Like, you're going to talk about the only thing he actually constantly addresses. He's like, why you still got beads in your hair? been years. Why you got beads in your hair, man? And then Lil Yachty's like, all right, man, that, that's cool. So why did you trade in your Rolls Royce and your Benz for Hyundai? <laughs> and then the next and the next day he gets a, a haircut he says he spent a thousand dollars on like he was he was he just decided to roast this nigga he's like bro like and that's the shit for me like and i, I agree if, if you can't take the heat get out of the fucking kitchen why can't osiris like i low-key i've got a newfound respect for him for taking this for so long yeah i do too i respect it, me. it went, first of all yeah. the fact that he stayed in that clubhouse for that long like it wouldn't have been me. And they all changed their profile pictures to, to him in the jacket. Everyone in the group that That's was talking. So rude. Their what? profile. Drake joined. Drake picture was a YK Osiris picture on Clubhouse. I hate Drake. Drake is so good for like just a quick like, are we making fun of a nigga? Like no, he's friends with YK. No, he, he, no, but Drake's personality, like he's so quick to see if someone's getting roasted, even if it's his friend. To be like, oh, we're roasting somebody. Let's get let's it. do it. He's a he's he's that last that last boot you see when you're getting jumped. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's, <laughs> exactly. That nigga's so quick to join in. He's, he's like, like, and take this. You know why? You know why? You know why? Because Drake Drake not funny. Only the, 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 that's a tactic of the nigga in the room that like likes to enjoy the laugh at niggas, but not funny. Dog, YK Osiris challenged Drake to a boxing match, and then but right before the he did it. He had a boxing match with Blueface, and Blueface almost knocked him out. Oh my God! Why can't? Why is he setting himself up for so many L's? Like Blueface was swinging wildly. He was fighting like a hood. You know how hood niggas fight? They just swing wildly until one of them, one of them connects. Hood yeah. niggas with like no no boxing education. They just start swinging wildly. Blueface caught him like three like, times. No right. Blueface is like six something, so it's gonna. Blueface was a was a college quarterback. Yeah, that's he was a, a he was, athlete nigga. He was a college division one quarterback. He was like six three. He's like six four. Those arms swinging. Yeah. YKO keeps taking these L's. I just remember him from XXL freshman singing in his freestyle. <laughs> and now stop, stop, stop. he's gone. He sung the only song people know with him for in his freestyle. It wasn't even a freestyle. It was a it was the worth it song. He said, cause you're worth it. 
in your word, thing. I'm like, yo, this is stop, a trap stop, beat. Stop, please stop, stop. Leave this man alone. Yo, my favorite YK Osiris video is when, when he, um, it was a video of him on stage and he called, he had pulled this big girl on stage and she started dancing on him and he thought shit was sweet. So she started throwing that shit, right? That nigga, yo, he got, he flung, she flung him in the air. Like he like bounced him. Yeah, she thought he thought shit was sweet, like it was gonna be a smooth grind. That shit was hilarious, bro. Oh my god. Well, I wish YK oh. has a has a has a peaceful and better dressing 2021. 20, yeah, just get a stylist, nigga, or a girl. Yeah, get a stylist or a girlfriend. That's perfect. Stylist or a girl. We, we were, I mean, he did try to get Reginae, but she she wasn't having that shit. And no, she back with Lucci. Yeah. I mean, you know. Lucci? No, we'll Lucci. Later. Let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, Nadia. <laughs> yes. On that note, we'll be back with more TBH. I'm out. Welcome back to To Be Honest. We're back with our second segment, Who's Lying? Hey, you ain't got to lie. Ain't nobody lying. We're going to be getting into the controversy surrounding the death of actress Tanya Roberts, who played the beloved character Midge Pinciotti on that 70s show. Um, she had died um, in her home, and I believe her husband did not, I guess, check, like, you know, get the official medical time of death and had just had TMZ end up report her death a week after her actual death. So we're trying to get into the controversy here. Think about what TMZ's uh, accountability is on that. Thinking about like what our victim or maybe uh, what Tanya's uh, spirit would think about that. So who we've brought in for this conversation on behalf of TMZ is one of their content creators and researchers, Lance Kirby. Welcome, Lance. Thank you for having me. It's great for, it's great for uh, us to have you. Um, and then we have a friend of the family, a spiritual medium who claims they can be in contact with uh Miss Roberts Ghost. Their name is Solomon V. Akbar. Welcome, Solomon. Queen, respectfully. Respectfully, my name is not Solomon V. Akbar. My name is Dr. Solomon V. Akbar Fremantle, pre-PhD. Oh, my apologies, Dr. Akbar Fremantle. Respectfully. Respectfully. So diving in, I just want to start maybe with TMZ. It seems like there's been a history of TMZ of always trying to be the first at market when it comes to celebrity deaths, no matter the cost. Um, maybe explain to me, what is the company's like mantra when it comes to reporting celebrities' deaths and what boundaries does the company like encourage, if any at all? Great question, great question. So TMZ is the number one celebrity celebrity entertainment news media source in the entire world, right? So since we hire journalists, we hire reporters, we hire paparazzi and paparazzo to cover entertainers all around the world, right? So 
our first understanding is that we have to do what our listeners, our readers, our watchers, our followers want. They want the news. They want it hot. They want to know what's happening to their celebrities. And I think what usually happens here is, uh, Ms. Moderator, is that we pay people for the digs and interesting information about celebrity news and stuff. Sometimes people call us. Sometimes we call them. We have people whose job is to do so. But we rely on those sources to have valuable information. We're not cho- we're not willingly choosing to report information sometimes that may be incorrect or they may be details missing. But yeah, our philosophy here is look, we're trying to get the news in the best way possible, right? You know, people don't have a problem with the Washington Post reporting or New York Times reporting on depths just because we're TMZ and you see us after you leave the restaurant, people want to have bad shade on us. But yeah, I think that Team Z here, we did our job. We did our job. We found the source. We talked to them. The source was very close to the celebrity. It was the partner. We thought we did our right job. We thought we had journalistic integrity and honored this woman. Her career is one of the Hollywood mavens in the 1980s and 70s. But yeah, I hope that wasn't a long way to answer your question. But one more time for Team Z. But it also leads me to another question in response to this. Um, and maybe we could get uh, Dr. Akbar Fremantle to join in and have a follow-up. How can you say that you think you did your job and that you had journalistic integrity and that you had no violations when you misreported the death? Um, the husband misreported the death. And you didn't follow up on that as journalists. I think that... Uh... I think the problem here is that we thought the husband was a reliable source enough. Usually we don't have to go out and get death certificates. We can't talk to the doctor, things like that. And this death happened in the home. So we think the only person who was in the home was the husband. We think that you're supposed to know when someone, when your spouse is dead, right? It's not a normal thing for someone not to really know when their spouse is dead. But you know what? I'll turn this over to Dr. Akbar. What do you think about the situation? Respectfully, King, Dr. Akbar Freeman. Um, I apologize. It's all right. It's all right, Kang. It's all right, Kang. Kang and Queen, thank you for having me on this beautiful afternoon. Um, I just want to give a quick understanding or introduction to what I'm doing here. Um, I, I normally um see, see see now normally I don't work with the white devils. I don't normally defend white devils or speak for white spirits because I think the white devil usually contradicts and controls conversations around the black death. However, you know, the, your family asked me to come out and speak on, you know, the injustice done to our sister, Ms. Pinciotti. So I came out here, uh, not necessarily my sister, but our sister in body, not in flesh. Um, so, you know, let me just un- break this down a little bit for you. So my job is not to supply the conspiracy theory. No, my job is to be patient enough to let the conspiracy theory supply me to understand exactly why TMZ was able to kill Ms. Pinciotti in the way that they was. Now, I didn't really want to come out here in the middle of the assaulting siege. Because the saltine siege is the first thing on my mind. I'm trying to make a spiritual connection to understand why the cracker crew happened in the first place. However, I think it's an opportunity for me to get deeper into the spirit of the white devil to understand why exactly TMZ is working in the way that they do. All right. So first, let me break down a little bit. Of course, TMZ does not want what's best for this white woman because TMZ is to control white media or uses white death to control the white media to get the black man and the black woman back in tune with the deaths of white people. Can I interrupt here? I don't. That's Kang. 
I'm an employee at TMZ. I literally do the job of reporting devs and reporting what's happening in celebrity news. I don't think I've ever decided to report anti-black news purposely. See, now see, 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 now see, see that's, that's the conspiracy right there. I'm going to break it down for you in a couple of different ways. First, okay. let me talk about it. And y'all, I know I've been to the TMZ break room before. And in the TMZ break room, I noticed- You were there? All, you, you've been? All the appliances, I noticed it are from Kenmore. Let's break that down. That, that breaks down into Ken and more. Ken being the ultimate image of the white devil that was married to the ultimate image of the purity of the white woman, Barbie. And more being the control of more African-Americans to bring them back into the fold of the history of entertainment and white death. Dude, I just report the news. You just, you, see, that, see, 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 see that, that's exactly what you don't understand. You you recording the news is not you recording the news, it's you trying to subjugate the black man, more kings and queens to, to be situated in the way. But I'm black, dude. I'm black, dude. My name's Lance. Look, hmm, that's interesting. I would like to, I would like to support Akbar's uh, argument with this question for Mr. Kirby. Um, in a world where we've had in a year where we've had multiple black deaths with TMZ reporting these deaths in increasingly unscrupulous manners, particularly the death of Kobe Bryant and bribing, um, you know, emergency support teams uh, to spill information before his wife knew. How can you just simply say you report the news and this news uh, is so intimate for some people? I'm happy you got your third eye open, sister. Thank you. I think that one TMZ did not bribe anyone. So what happens is TMZ pays for news and tips about celebrity information. The problem was that the first responders, we didn't know they were, we didn't know they were first responders themselves. They reached out to us with the information and gave us the information first. But the, I don't understand why the problem is TMZ and not the media in general. We just do what everyone else does. We just focus on celebrities. It's like other people reported to Toby Brown's death. They reported in a very similar situation. I don't understand why this critique is of TMZ. What does TMZ do that's, that's separate from what every single other media source in the world? How does what TMZ do not what's legally well, classified as journalism? Day. Brother Kirby, I'd like to I'd like to rebut what you just said simply because I think we're getting away from the real controversy here. The question is Miss Roberts, the death of Sis Tanya Roberts, yes. and how was your role in that? So let me. I think I should do a quick reading to look. We at were the, lied to. We were that was our role. We were told we we were fibbed to. So let me do a quick reading to understand and look at the last moments of her life. I'm going to be a quick medium for this white devil, so I can research and talk oh about God. and explain why exactly happened to this white woman. Okay, so you're about to channel Tanya Roberts right now. Now, I like I said, y'all, I, I, King and Queen. Listen, I usually don't don't channel white devils, um, and so in this instance, um, I think I'm just going to channel her experiences and give you some lessons from what I've learned because I think deep, diving too deep into her life will, uh, you know, it's like eating pork when it gets inside your spirit is too much for you. All right, so I'm just clearly uh, getting into her spirit. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay, I've I've heard enough. So I'm not going to make a, a a statement on the the instance of the death, but I would like to use her life story to explain why she was in this predicament, or rather, why her husband was in this predicament. Because what I see, Kings, is let me let me explain something to you. There was a lot of infidelity in this relationship, and and Kings, you know, it shows me here that 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 this king and this queen were not in sync. 
They were not in sync, right? So the reason that he understood her deep breath to happen is because Kangs, if you have a woman that breathes heavy in her sleep, she clearly doesn't value you. She doesn't care about the amount of rest that you get. And if you earn to love yourself first, you would never attract a queen whose lung capacity could be so selfish. So this Kang obviously did not have an in-depth relationship with his queen. Oh, let me, I'm gonna read, I'm reading deeper. Um, ooh. Ooh, seeing the white uh, But doesn't this mean this is not TMZ's fault and this is the king's fault? Well, no, no, no. Let me go back to what the king is saying. See, 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 now we're, we're talking about the way that the Kang and Queen did not have a deep relationship with each other. And I think this further goes into why Kang's, he didn't, he didn't weed out the good ones. And there was a lack of connection because he didn't weed out that this was not a good queen for him. He should have made it clear on the first date. She will have your name and she will be obedient and submissive. And she'll be your housewife and bear your They name. teach this in pre-PhD classes. Brother, brother, I didn't come here disrespectfully for you, and I would expect you to meet me with the same. That is an interesting question. What is a pre-PhD, and what subject is it in? Now, see, uh, pre-PhD means that I have uh, received my degree on the ancestral plane to have access to the theories of the world. However, I have not met the white man's accreditation necessary to achieve the levels of the PhD because my theories have been seen as quote unquote unbased or quote unquote ahistorical. However, I, my argument is that the white man trying to shape our world. So just to be clear, just to be clear, you don't or you have never had a PhD. I am pre-PhD. You're pre-PhD. Which means How long have you been I studying? Have my PhD and a connection to the ancestral plane. What's the administration? Don't I have that too? Then for the ancestral plane, what was your diss on? What was my dissertation? Yeah. Oh well, I, uh, you can pick up my book on Amazon. Uh, the name of the title is actually. Uh, let me give you a quick anecdote. Why do you Why do you sell on the white man's website? Well, uh, I also sell straight to consumer um, at www the white devil is going down.com. Um, you can get my book in full title. Um, but let me give you a quick backstory. See, one day, see, 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 now one day I was looking at the white devil's text. I know they call it the Bible. Um, and in the Bible, it calls on wives to please their husbands sexually, not the other way around, not the other way around. So one of the most submissive acts of modern man is paying any heed to the desires of a modern woman. You Did you learn ignore, this in a religious studies class? You should ignore all these desires. They're irrelevant. And until she's on her best behavior, she deserves nothing. So the title of my book is How to Get Your Queen on the Right Track. Moderator, I think that that diatribe proves that I am the only sane one in this conversation. So I think you should just now, see, see, the white man, see, 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 that's exactly what the white man said when I went for my PhD. They said, you're insane. But let's break Sir, I have an actual master's degree. I don't have like a fictional PhD. Oh, where'd you get your master's? Uh, Stanford. See, and again, the institution that depended on the white man's denigration. Hmm. It's so, dependent on how hard you work. What is your response to this? Like, um, it seems to me you do come from a legacy of being supported by predominantly white institutions. Do you feel black staff on TMZ 
have an obligation to, I don't know, behave more ethically, challenge kind of any lapse in journalistic integrity that occurs at TMZ? Yeah, we try to, you know, uh, we understand that we're different from the white staffers. We have different social locations. You know, we're not the same as them. I don't really understand what Dr. Akbar was saying, but I think that personally, we try to do our best to ethically report on every single case that we're given, right? Sometimes it fails, you know, Brian Williams lied about getting his plane, getting a, a, a bomb shot down his helicopter in Afghanistan. Look, it happens to the best of us. You know, sometimes you fail, sometimes you get bad information. Sometimes you run with something you're not supposed to, right? We were all shocked by Kobe's death. Nobody thought it was going to happen. So the idea that, that there were first responder, first responders who rushed to give us information, yes, maybe we should have handled it differently. And to this community, we at TMZ and we Black staff at TMZ would like to send out a gracious apology to not only the families of those people, but the families of this woman and the families of everyone else who feels like maybe we reported incorrectly on their family members' deaths. But we're trying to maintain journalistic integrity you know, we're just like the Washington Post and New York Times, but we report celebrity news 100% of the time and they report it 10% of the time. So we asked us, you know, just, just give us a chance to be better. You know, we're employed. This is my job. You know, I'm not my job. I'm a different person outside of my job. I'm an individual person. You know, you shouldn't judge me completely based off of what I do from a nine to five. I'm just trying to feed my family like Dr. Akbar is trying to feed his, I don't know, tours, pre-PhD speaking tours. Yeah. So, okay, well, um, Dr. Akbar, if you or if Tanya could share, Ms. Roberts could share any last words on the matter, I would really appreciate that. Well, I think I'm done channeling this white devil, and I just know that she was done wrong, not just by her husband, but also by TMZ, because it is your job to report ethically, and just know that but see, 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 let's take a step back into what that word really means. Ethically, ethically, set by the white man. Who wrote the first book on ethics? Immanuel Kant, one of the whitest men ever, right? And so, of course, their system of ethics is grounded in a generational curse of whiteness. And so, of course, the white woman was done wrong by a system of white men. White women, see, if, see, see, if you look at the way that this white woman was done, it fits the historical picture of what the white man does to the white woman. Right, the white woman blames, actually, you know what? I'm not gonna get into this analysis because that's too deep into the white culture. It's gonna bring me back in there. My final words are this. If you dine on swan, you only live until nine. Read my book and listen to my, uh, I have a, a mentor. Uh, her name is uh, Dr. Uh, uh, Ali Freeman, or Ali Youngman, Dr. Ali Youngman. Uh, she's, uh, she's helpful to me. Dr. Ali Youngman, I recommend y'all listen to my mentor's book. Um, she can really help y'all figure out a way to, to really resolve the ethicality of TMZ. And Lance Kirby, my brother, I really hope that you got a good payment for your soul, friend. Um, but if you ever need help trying to get back in touch with your ancestral plan, you holler at me, all right? I think I'm good, but okay, man. Okay, thank you for all of that um so i think i've come to a decision while i personally am disappointed and creeped out by the constant ways tmc seems to violate people's deaths in public manners um 
I also don't think my third eye was awake or fully receiving or seeing what Dr. Akbar Freeman Fremantle was saying. So I think I'm going to have to side with Kirby here. I think, you know, you're not your nine to five. People do make mistakes in rushing out news. I think this is a problem that is more structurally uh, created by the media than specifically this person. I don't know why we should be particularly outraged by Roberts as opposed to other deaths that seemed more violating. So yeah, I think for me, unfortunately, the family may not have hired the best spokesperson for Roberts. So gonna give it to Kirby right now. Well, thank you so much. Sister, I hope that you could able to buy my book and get deeper connected uh, and become a more respectful queen because um, I can see it in your future, respectfully. Mm, respectfully, I don't think that that literature is what's needed um, in terms of like nurturing myself. So thank you, respectfully. Well, we'll be back with more TBH. Yo, we're back with more TBH. To be honest, um, this is our last segment for this episode. Unpopular opinion. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. We're going to bust up the Nadia streak. Nadia was on like a hard like five episode streak with like unpopular opinions. Nate is going to give an unpopular opinion. I think it's surrounding um, one of the most up and coming uh, black producers out here right now. So Nate. Yeah, everybody. So my popular opinion this week is about filmmaker, producer, writer, actor, comedian, Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele recently announced that he's going to retire from acting. He's no longer going to do any acting roles. He's going to solely focus on writing and producing films, right? We've already seen two of them in Us and uh, what's the other one? Um, the Sunken Place. Get out. And Get Out. And my popular this week is about Jordan Peele, and it's that I don't really think this is a big issue. I think jo- this is not to diss Jordan Peele's acting skills. I think that he was really funny and keen Peele. I don't really remember him in anything else. I didn't watch him on Mad TV because I know that him and Key were on Mad TV prior to having their own show. I was really a Comedy Central fan. But I don't really think this is a big issue. But I also think that this is going to make uh, him focusing all his time and effort on like writing and producing films. We're going to get some beautiful movies as a result of this. Uh, once again, I don't think he's a bad actor, but I don't think he's a particularly good actor. I don't think he's an actor that necessarily can be like in a, in a race for like an Oscar or a, um, a Golden Globe. I think his acting is like sufficient to play the roles he had to play while he was on Key and Peele. But again, I do not think this is going to harm his career at all. I honestly saw this coming. I was hoping that it was going to happen because I didn't really see a future when he where, where he acted and made movies where the where his acting was just as good as the movies he was making. And I just feel like he's uh, at a point in his career where he's realizing his true talents and his true skills. And I think that he's probably a great writer right? he was on Key and Peele, but he didn't have any uh, backing. He didn't have the finance. He didn't have the fan base to really be able to like stretch out and do. Cause I know for a fact he did a lot of that writing on the show. He wrote a lot of those skits, like mostly of them, not even Key. 
So I just think his talents suit him better to be a, a movie writer, a movie producer, or even like an executive than necessarily an actor. I don't think everyone has to be an actor. I don't think you have to finish where you start necessarily, you know? I think that the, in entertainment, there's a, a, a way of people joining entertainment in non-traditional ways and using that to get into the career they really want to be into, right? And I think that he's using, he used Ken Peele and Matt TV to jumpstart him to what he really wanted to do. And that was like write and produce. But again, I think that him deciding to retire acting is a really good thing. It's going to be great for his career and great for his fans and great for the, f- the future of black cinema in the next like 10, 20 years. I think he's going to go on a run soon. I feel that he's going to go on a run of once Candyman comes out as a positive reception. But yeah, that's my popular opinion this week. How do you feel about Devon? Uh, for me, uh, I always thought between Key and Peele, my, Michael Key was the better actor between the two. Like, I feel like he was just more talented at, like, bringing the roles to life. And I think Peele, like, so for instance, when I think about Key and Peele, like the skits, like for me, like the more memorable ones are all of the the key ones. Not necessarily, like, the only ones I remember with Peele are, like, slap ass, um, him as Obama, but but he was the star of that skit as the anger translator. Um, and then um, the one where he was sweating when he was looking at all kinds of weird internet porn, that's because it's a hilarious gift. But yeah, I think that this would be dope. Um, I think that, because, you know, it's hard. I, my, I'm from a standpoint of energy, right? It's really hard to put your creative energy and creative content. And I'm learning this more, even as we start doing this podcast, right? It's, it's hard as fuck to put your energy into production um, and not just into production, but also into like making that production come to light. Like not even just writing and trying to write jokes, but you're trying to execute the joke so that it's funny. Like that shit takes energy. It takes a lot of focus. It takes a lot of just, just grit. And so my argument is like, I would rather brother put his energy into something. So it gives us a, a, a better art. And there's other actors that are more talented that can bring his words and shit to life. And the reason I feel this is because Get Out is in a phenomenal fucking film. Um, Us, even though I I, I terribly hate the ending, it's also a phenomenal film, right? And so, like, if that is just, and that's when I'm splitting focus, you know what I'm saying? Like, imagine if that energy was just all in what can be produced. I'm super excited for Candyman. I've been excited for it for like I've the fact that someone actually is going to redo Candyman and have the original Candyman, which like that nigga is like the scariest nigga on the planet to me. So I'm like he just looks like not even from the Candyman movies. Like I'm scared of that nigga when he was like the he was like a janitor in the Final Destination movies and he was like close to death and shit. So he was always like a medium. It's terrifying. And nigga's so scary. So I'm, I'm really happy and excited for this film. And I just know that there are going to be so many projects that now because he can put his all into like the, the misses and the small things will be there. And like, this might be even true of like the television shit, right? Like if he's able to, I, I'm also really excited about his ability to, his, his because he's putting time behind the camera and out of acting, that builds other producers and allows him to add other content creators that previously might not have had a way 
because he's now putting more of his work into his content creation, which inevitably brings more people in because you want to collaborate and build and produce. You know what I'm saying? And that's awesome because that means, you know, in the past, it's, you know, in the past, at least, hopefully he continues the pace, but he worked with black people. He'd be putting black voices on. And so this, in my opinion, I think him taking a break allows him to put more black voices on, more black people making production, more black people making shows like, like fucking Lovecraft and, and, and even better than Lovecraft. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it, I, I think the possibilities are dope for what it means for production. And we got a lot of black actors. We got a lot of black actors that need jobs. And so like he could employ black actors with this shit too and put them on the map too. You know what I'm saying? Like he's a functionally made, made Daniel, Cal, I don't know how you say his last name is Kyoga, but GPC essentially made his career. You know what I'm saying? Like after that, he can get so many roles. He was in Black Panther after that. And so yeah, I, I think it's a, a A++. I'm super excited for this move. I support, fully support it. Um, hopefully we get some dope-ass content. All right, Nadia, how do you feel about it? Um, You know, new year, new me. So I'm going to defend the popular opinion and make some changes. I'm actually kind of sad the more I think about it um that Jordan is retiring I think you know while I agree he's a very talented like content creator and his talents and energy will be used to do like a lot of great things I think he was a special talent like I think there are more characters that you're not um necessarily remembering like the Megan characters whenever his character those characters were hysterical like she was like just such a great character and such a unique performance by him like in a way that most people who wear drag when wearing performances particularly cis black men who are comedians don't do and then even one where he was dressed as a woman and he was just saying okay to like (laughs) keegan um listing off all the ways like his man mistreated him like that was really good acting in that scene because he's supposed to be conveying so many emotions or so many words, but he's only saying, okay. Um, I think the Continental Hotel breakfast sketch is so funny to me and that character is great. So I feel like he's just such an underrated straight man who has a lot of range to do a lot of weird character acting. And then also I feel like, you know, we'll never get to see an opportunity of him doing something serious I feel like he has more to offer than um, necessarily what's shown because he was more of the creator and Keegan was more of the traditional like leading man star type of actor but I actually am really sad that Jordan won't be uh, acting anymore I think hopefully you know he'll grow older he'll make a comeback that would be dope but wishing him luck with whatever he does but definitely cherishing all the work he's given us prior what do y'all think about it let us know on our social media and um tag us and shit um i think we're gonna start um don't quote me on this but we might start doing like clubhouse shit so um, we can engage this conversation more but let us know how you feel about this um because i think it would be a dope conversation to have about jordan pill um all right y'all uh that's another episode of uh to be honest happy new year be safe in 2021. Hopefully we uh uh get to like see each other. That would be nice if we could see people. Um one day, uh, one, day one day. Um I'm your boy, Murph McGirt. We got Wallflower and we got Face Beat. 
I'll let y'all later. Bye. Bye, everybody.